Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Honorability to open your heart up in front of a public crowd like that is significant. So we're very grateful, both to Gary and, and those who have shared their testimonies these last two weeks, uh, for Benton and Stacy sharing their testimonies. And if you didn't shed a tear during those testimonies, you you got hang-ups, and that's why it's good you're here, because that's what we're talking about this morning. It worked out real nicely. Um, we're on this series. We're going to wrap it up. Um, getting better. Randy did a good job. He was preaching about uh, hurts and habits the last couple weeks, and this week he thought he needed somebody with more experience and hang-ups, and he thought about the pastoral staff. It was pretty obvious. I got the most hang-ups, so <laughs> here you are. Welcome to my world. Glad, yeah, glad you're here. Uh, we better pray, huh? Get, get started. Father, uh, as we do uh, grapple with this issue of hang-ups, um, you know what it means to each one of us, and you know what uh, you want us to take away this morning. So we pray the Holy Spirit, just uh, Lord, have freedom, and that we would cooperate and open our hearts and minds and wills, and Lord, uh, we really want to experience you at a, at a deeper level and to have you, you to have freedom in our lives and that uh, we will live a life not only pleasing to you, but fulfilling and blessing others as you would have us, and uh, to move on in discipleship towards Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Thank you. Um, if you want to follow along, like Randy said, in his sermon notes in your bulletin, we'll, we'll give you those words as we go along. Also, if you uh, have a smartphone, the bottom back of your bulletin, right below the Gateway logo, there's information on how to use the Version Bible for you folks that uh, more, you know, would like to do that. Track with uh, your, your uh, device. So that's available to you. Also, um, I want to start with the disclaimer as we start talking about uh, hang-ups that we're, we're looking, you know, generally speaking here, this is not the, the end-all about, about hang-ups. Where there's different theories and terms to, to describe hang-ups. Our focus is primarily spiritual in, in nature and how God helps us deal with them rather than uh, psychological. Um, there are other issues, uh, like I say, of uh, psychological, biochemical, uh, physiological factors that, that do play out. We, we are multifaceted beings as God's created us. So this is not meant to be a quick fix, but just to uh, give us... Uh, maybe some understanding of hang-ups and how the Christian faith and, and the truth of Jesus Christ as our Savior and, and the Holy Spirit's work uh, can really can free us up in significant ways. So we're, that's what we're looking at today. Um, let's start with the definition of hang-ups. We're going to define hang-ups as unresolved emotional baggage that hinders us from enjoying life and, and fulfilling God's will, Okay. Let's go with that. And, uh, you know, most of us probably, he asked the question, how many hang-ups? What, what are hang-ups? Most of us probably list a few things, anxiety, uh, someone uh, who struggles with, you know, maybe a bulimia or depression or some personality problem. But actually, I, I, there's, there's about 33 you're going to see up on the screen. This is just, this is kind of just scratching the surface, okay, a little bit. Uh, not that this is even exhausted, but there's 33 up there. 
and uh, otherwise known as Welcome to the Human Race. If you're, if you're human, if you're living on planet Earth, you've probably encountered these. Maybe not in yourself. You're probably above this. But you've probably seen them in somebody else, you know. So hopefully you can relate that way through, you know, some other person that maybe you can't identify personally. So that would be very helpful. So, uh, you know, most of us can probably identify with a couple. And, uh, you know, Jesus would probably say, let, let he or she who is without hang-ups cast the the first stone on those of us that, that do have them. Again, I'm very grateful. Where's, oh, James, James Huckabee's here. James, why don't you stand up? Stand up. What the? How you be, Huck? Come on, stand up. James uh, got a new heart a few months ago, transplant, and he's out and around getting freed up. He also translated the Cajun for us for that video. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Gary appreciates it. We all do. Thank you. Uh, speaking of that, Tyler Cabina put that, 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 uh, that video together. What a great job he does. He's a tremendous young man. Tyler's been, he's been ill this week. Not only did the, the, the editing of that video, he helps me with my, my message notes, and I'm always running late, and he's, you know, he's always very patient with me. And he's up here singing this morning. What, what a guy. I mean, praise the Lord. Is that, you know, some people complain about our young people. I think we got some great young people. Praise the Lord. How about, how about our deeper? We got our deeper youth over here. Right. We, we're, we had four of them in our, in our house. Jolie, Sophie, Bethany, Tyler. They're all there. All right. Woo! We had the cool house, you probably imagine. How many of y'all had steak last night other than our house? Anybody else have steak? There you have it. Next year, it's steak and shrimp, okay? So just for what it's worth, we had a great time. And they're great kids. And, and again, seeing youth that are doing things that, you know, are meaningful and, and wanting to go deeper, to know God and know, know his ways of doing life it is, is refreshing. It, it should give us all encouragement and, and hope. Uh, I'm wearing a new shirt my wife got me for Christmas. Um, she follows the, the Brandon Dietz blog on GQ magazine. Do any of y'all subscribe to that? She's, she's trying to free me up a little bit. It's, it's kind of awkward, but we're trying a little, a little at a time. We're getting there. All right. Don't expect too much. So we want to put this in perspective, you know, about these, these uh, hang-ups, right? You know, we, we kind of define them now. How do they get developed? Well, they're often in, in childhood. Uh, when our needs are not met in a healthy manner, we end up with a call coping, coping mechanisms. We find other ways to get our needs met. Often that's done subconsciously. We don't even realize we're doing it. It's just we, we got to survive. We got to deal with what life presented us, okay? And, uh, you know, sometimes there's traumatic events, there's personality, there's unhealthy authority figures in our life that, that factor into this. And as children, we're, predict- we're particularly vulnerable to influence. We're in those, what they call the, form- the formidable years. Our cement is still wet, Okay, so it doesn't take much to have impact and influence on us in those, in those early years before we start to, to harden. And uh, this morning we're going to look at a couple uh, um, primary psychological needs. And no, another thing that happens and why, you know, Jesus said children are very precious and he warns us. Remember Jesus said not only if you receive one child in my name, you receive me. He went on to say whoever hurts one of these little ones. Whoever would cause a stumbling block on one of these little ones to believe in me, it is better for he or she that they be cast into the sea, that they have a heavy stone tied around them and cast into a sea. And that should be a warning to us all of how precious 
children are. In our society that thinks they, they slimed out of some goob, you know, a billion years ago, and they're just bacteria that can be tossed around like it doesn't matter. It, you know, that's a serious problem and a plight in our culture and the understanding of the value of human life. Each child is very precious, and God wants us to care and nurture and raise them up in a way that's pleasing to him. Because children don't have the context, don't have the emotional maturity to deal with tough stuff. They need love, they need context, they need maturity. And as they develop, as they grow, and they get older, and they have some wisdom, then they're more equipped. So a lot of stuff that happens to us happens in our early days. Um, security you know, is one of the main psychological needs. Security needs are often met by being connected to a community, be, being in a family, right? Belonging to a club, belonging to a, a scout group or a band or t- sports team, right? That's, that gives a sense of identity and security. That feels good. Well, if we don't get it in a healthy way, we can also, we can join a gang, right? They, they give me identity, right? We're uh, a tattoo or some cool gang sign. There's, there's different ways to get that, those needs met. Often if, uh, if, uh, pain, the emotional pain is too much in the area of security, we often withdraw into, into escapism, drugs and drinking and ways that, you know, we can't find it, so we just kind of escape from it. And then you have needs for significance, and these are normally meant by having influence as an individual. My life counts. It makes a difference. I can do something and get recognized for it. I can get good grades. I can do well on the sports field. I can play my instrument well. You know, those are kind of healthy ways to get that significance meant. And of course, there's unhealthy ways. I can uh, get in trouble with the teacher. I can get sent to the principal. I get pulled over by the police officer. That gets attention too, right? There's, there's different ways of doing it. Often, uh, people with a lack of significance, as, as we grow older, we tend to start to control and micromanage, try to manipulate situations and even our own lives, you know, uh, eating disorders and really tightly controlled behavior is usually thought to resonate from a lack of significance, that my life really matters, that people value me. So, you know, that's kind of a little understanding of how, how stuff develops. And then, you know, how are hang-ups discovered? When do they come to the surface? And it's often um, when we get out of our you know, our nuclear family, our, our family of origin out into the world, that, that they are seen. And, uh, you know, I grew up uh, as a child thinking uh, dads were grumpy and moms were gentle. Now, where did I get that idea? I go to my friend's house and his, his mom's wigging out, <laughs> screaming and yelling. I say, what's up with this? You know, I thought, you know, why my mom doesn't do that? Or I'd be at another friend's house and his dad is showing kindness and he's scooping ice cream out for us. I go, well, this is different, you know? So, you know, when we start getting out there, we start realizing not every circumstance is just like ours. Now, you may not have grown up in a typical uh, nuclear family. I'm not, uh, you know, some of us, we come from maybe a single family or blended family or maybe some of us in a foster home or, you know, or we're adopted. We all different situations. Uh, I understand uh, Eric Otto was raised by a pack of wolves. Is that, is that correct? And yet, you know, Eric, Eric turned out pretty good, right? You know, Susan says he chews on the furniture a little bit, but overall... You know, he's a great guy. So there's hope, right? No matter what our circumstances were in the past, there's, there's hope for us, okay? Now, how about these hang-ups, okay? We discover them when we get out there, and stuff we did as a child doesn't seem to work in the adult world. Remember what was for Gary? Gary was a loner. Now, if you ask Gary about his childhood, you probably would get some idea why he was such a loner. But he, you know, he was okay with that. He didn't think he needed anybody. But what happened? Once he started getting relationships and then get married and these marriages were 
just, you know, coming apart, and he's in his third marriage, and all of a sudden says, man, what, what's going on? Maybe, maybe I should take a look here. Maybe I'm not perfect, you know, and he started to open up, and even though uh, church didn't seem relevant to him previously when he attended, when he, he mentioned CR a few times, and if you don't know, CR is Celebrate Recovery. It's our, our, our Christ-centered uh, 12-step program. We meet every Monday night down there in the Life Center at 7 p.m., I want to see how Eric sits down. Are you going to lay down or curl up? What, you, keep it. I'm watching you. So CR, Celebrate Recovery. Gary found a safe place there. People shared the stories and started talking about things he could relate with. Now, it wasn't easy at first. He didn't just, you know, spill his guts. But he said over time, he started to open up. And that's when the, the healing process started, when we're, when we're real. We, have, we, we all need that safe place, you know, to do that. Not, not every person is safe, folks. Not every place is, is safe to open up. You know, Jesus said, you know, uh, don't throw your pearls out before swine. Book of Proverbs or Psalms somewhere says, guard your heart, you know. Don't, don't necessarily just trust everybody with your, your personal stuff. You've got to find those safe places. And though we're not happy about the hangups we have and how they surface when we get out into the world, you know, the good news is that we have hope and to help to deal with them. And God would have us, what, turn or hand over, hand over our hangups to him. Isn't that part of the reason Jesus went to the cross, to take junk from us that was more than we could handle? And uh, he tells us what, Jesus says that, he says, go, you know, go to Jesus for rest. And, you know, in Matthew 11, he invites us, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you a safe place, right, to, to unload and, and to, 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 to be at rest. And he, he prompts us to go to him just the way we are. You know, don't wait to get your act together to become religious, to get serious about Jesus, because you never will. You know, it's like, it's like taking, it's like, uh, you know, cleaning up before you take a shower, right? The whole purpose of taking the shower is get cleaned up. Um, my wife had foot surgery a few weeks ago, and she's still in recovery, and not quite as mobile. So this past, you know, Friday before the girls came over, we had a couple, hired a couple ladies to come and help us clean. And Julie's staying up Thursday night trying to clean up the house. I said, Julie, this is why we have the ladies coming in. I know, but I don't want them to think, you know, I'm a messy... No, they know that. You're, you've been laid up. You've got, you got a husband and son who think that cleaning up is hiding the dishes in the cupboards and you know, cramming dirty laundry and wet towels in the closets so nobody sees them. They understand, you know, we've got a situation here. But you know how it is. Sometimes we just feel like, well, I've got I to do something. But Jesus says, you know, come to me just the way you are. And, that, and that's cool. That's really cool. Um, and sometimes it's, it's scary because it's unknown if we haven't done it before. But yet we can overcome that fear with faith in believing that he loves you and he will unload you. Okay, that's where the faith comes in. Believing that he loves us and will, will come, you know, he will help unload us. And sometimes we get stuck on the things we don't know about God. Guess what? There's a lot of stuff we'll never know about God. It's the things he reveals to us. Okay, that's what he calls us to respond to. In Psalm 86, he says, Oh, Lord, you are good. You are ready to forgive. You're so full of unfailing love for all who ask you for help. Does that sound like a God that you can go to? Is he safe? Is he someone you can go to and feel that 
he knows and understands. Uh, you know, the more accurate image you get, uh, we get of God, who he is, the more likely we are to go to him. You know, early in uh, Gary's life, he saw no need for religion of God. And yet, all of a sudden, through uh, CR, he started seeing the relevancy that God really was relevant for his life. He really cared and he could find help. And then secondly, we want to learn, learn of Jesus for renewal. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. He wants us to go to a, a deeper level. It may, our faith venture may begin because of a, a hang-up and something, a problem we're trying to deal with, but that's just the start. You know, we find that Jesus not only unloads us, he directs us into a new lifestyle. He, he, he pro provides us with new life. We become new, new from within. And when he says, take my yoke upon you, he's talking about becoming a disciple. That is the term they used in the first century for being a disciple. A yoke was used uh, to tie a couple of animals together with uh, a wooden board. And Jesus says, let's do life together. Let's pull the load together with me. Learn of me. Walk with me. Okay? Start to do things my way. And that, that may seem difficult at first. You know, it, it's kind of like going to military basic training. It's, it's hard. It's no fun. It's hard to believe these drill instructors really love you. But if you follow them and get through it, um, tech school will be a little easier. And then by the time you get to your re regular duty station, you've adjusted to the military life school, uh, military lifestyle. And you know, you, could, you start to understand and, and life, life is easier, except for the guys that get thrown in the brig because they're not complying, then that's not, not real good. But, so we, we you know, we, we want to cooperate with him. He wants to take us. You notice he says, first I'll give you rest, kind of a safe place. And then he says, I want to give you rest in your soul. We want to go deeper, okay? Deeper weekend, right? We got to go a little below the surface to maybe what the real needs are. Sometimes our hang-ups are just symptoms of something deeper that needs to be resolved, that needs that healing, needs God's truth, God's spirit uh, to, to do a work in there, to free us up. So those hangups, you know, will eventually fall away. And you look at this, this calling to overcome resistance with obedience, cooperate with his plan for you. Believe that God has a good plan for you. A lot of you probably know Jeremiah 29 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. God has a good plan for each one of us. And Paul encourages people to cooperate. In Philippians 2, he says, Dear friends, you have always followed my destruction instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is, at, is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He doesn't say work for your salvation because Jesus has already worked for that. He's already done that for us. But now that we have salvation, he says work it out. Cooperate with this new life that God has put into you so it can be manifested. I, I came to, to faith in Christ about 
Almost 36 years ago, 1979, after about five years of various levels of depression, I was a confused young man. I didn't even know what depression was. I just knew I felt rotten most of the time. And, uh, it, uh, and then after I finally got humble enough to ask God for help, I had this incredible spiritual awakening. I went from agony to ecstasy in a matter of a few hours. I was just bonkers with joy and peace and love and telling everybody about Jesus. But then after a few days, it's like my, my life was bam, bam. My emotions were all over the place. And I was continually trying to recreate these spiritual highs because I just, you know, I love, I love the joy of the Lord. I, I really do. And uh, after a year of that, I complained to one of the leaders of my church, and he says, he says, Tom, have you ever memorized scripture and start doing what it says? I said, no, I just want to be happy. That sounds like work. Oh, no, you know, I just want these experiences. He goes, he goes, Tom, there's more to the faith than just having experiences. He says, if you put God's word on your brain, actually start doing what it says. He says, you know, that peace and joy will come, but it's a byproduct, you know? Lord, Lord is Lord. He's not my, my, you know, my joy, you know, my joy dealer, so I can get my joy junkie. He's the Lord, you know? And he wants, he wants relationship. He wants you to honor him and start doing life his way. You know, it pleases him and it's better for you. Uh, so I eventually agreed and to start working. And at first it was tough, but after a month or two, I started noticing I was experiencing more peace. I found out that, you know, God's word, guess what? God's word is a lot more stable than, than my emotions are, you know? It remains stable, you know? It says, what does it say? The flowers fade, the, the grass turns, you know, brown, but the word of God remains forever. You know, we, we got stability here, folks, in an unstable world. And, you know, we, you know, our own selves, we are the most, within ourselves, we are, it's most difficult to be objective about yourself than anybody else. We need, you know, to speak. We need God to speak into those areas of life. And I started, to, you know, cooperating with uh, Mr. Sweatman, and it, it started to go well. And, uh, you know, I was starting to, you know, feel this joy and peace. And I got involved in serving, and I was inviting my friends and my brothers. And, it, you know, good things started happening. But it, I had to get to that place where I realized that I needed to learn God's ways. I needed to go through the basic training of the Christian faith. And if you haven't had that experience, if you've never been discipled, if you've never gone through the foundational truths and really got that grounded, then you may not have a good foundation to build on, right? We want to have, you got to have a place to start to build that understanding. So take advantage of that. Uh, thirdly, we, we need to walk with Jesus for refreshment. He said, my yoke is easy and my, my burden is light. You know, Jesus didn't come to lay burdens on us like religion often can. It shouldn't, but it can. And uh, he actually came to lift them and encourage us, okay? And that was a big contrast to the religious leaders of, the, of his time. Uh, they were laying burdens on people. They weren't helping them. So Jesus says, no, there's a different way to do it. He says, we can overcome religion with reliance, asking the Holy Spirit to empower us. Just not be you know, following a list of do's and don'ts, but experiencing a new life from within to empower power us to live a life that's pleasing to God and has more joys. We also know Jesus was a, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief in, in the prophets, it tells us, and we see that in his life. So when he says, I come to give you life and give it full, it's not necessarily the, you know, the health, wealth, mansion, you know, movie stars, jet setting around the world. That's really not what he was speaking about, as though we, sometimes we interpret that in our, in our culture. But it's the life from within, it's the zoe. It's actually the life of God. 
uncreated life, folks. That's what we, we are invited to participate in the uncreated. That's profound if you ponder that for a while. Everything else is temporal, right? But we have been invited into the uncreated. That's powerful. So it's really an incredible privilege. But Christ, he had, a, you know, he, had a, he had a pretty tough life. But no one had a more full life. Nobody impacted our world more than Jesus Christ. Why? Because he lived out life from within. Of course, being God, he had a little bit of advantage on us, too. But, you know, we want, you know, we want to look to the Holy Spirit to guide your life and empower it, okay? Don't just try to play religion. Look to the Holy Spirit. Create the, uh, that relationship. And, then, you know, it's, we're encouraging the Philippians, or no, I'm sorry, in Ephesians, to be filled with the Spirit on a regular basis. Just ask God to fill you, to guide you, to manifest his fruit, to give you, you know, wisdom, help, whatever, whatever you need. The difficulty is that, you know, even though these good things are happening on with, within us and we're, we're being transformed, we're not in paradise yet. We, we live in a, a work-a-day world. We live with people. Some of them are wonderful. Some are not. You know, I'm not going to give any names. But <laughs> you, you figure it out. But, you know, life is hard, you know, um, work and, you know, traffic and school and money and, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's tough. So, you know, how do we maintain it? How do we, how do we deal with this life? You know, you know, God wants us to experience rest. So when this stuff happens, how do we deal with it? I'm just going to run a few ideas that may be helpful to you to deal with this. First is uh, bitterness. We need to get rid of bitterness. It's really easy to pick up bitterness when we're offended and hurt by people. And uh, you see the scripture up on your, your, the slide here soon. It says, uh, this is from Ephesians. Is it up there? There it is. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, it says, uh, oops, the first part of that. Did we get the first part? It's uh, let all bitterness, there we go. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other as God through Christ has forgiven you. You think I memorized that? You think Mr. Sweatman had me memorize that about 35 years ago? Yes, he did. I still got it. Praise the Lord. Very powerful, powerful passage. One of the best kept secrets in scripture. One of the, one of the, the uh, secrets of this passage, which we, which we miss in the English translations, this is in a passive voice. Some translations will say, get rid of it, push it away or whatever. It's not. It's a releasing. It's passive. I gotta, God has to take it from me. I can't get rid of this stuff my, as a human, but God will take it from me. Jesus has already done everything necessary. There's already a place for it to go, but I have to release it, okay? I got to be willing to let go of it rather than harboring it, uh, uh, you know, let go of that. And there's, we got these promise, promise prayer cards. There's a prayer on the back that's very powerful a way to do that. We'll have those up front for you that want them afterward. We have promise prayer cards down in our prayer room. You can always come by the church during the week. We provide those for you free of charge. You can share them with others. But, you know, it's a wonderful way to get rid of that stuff as it happens. We have a saying in Celebrate Recovery that uh, bitterness is like taking poison, thinking I'm going to hurt that, the other person. Guess what I'm hurting? Right here, okay? So get, get rid of that stuff. Deal with it. So release the bitterness, um, and then forgiveness needs to be extended. It says, forgiven others as God has forgiven us. You know, it's, he is the source of forgiveness. So I, sometimes when I have trouble forgiving somebody, I say, God, give me your forgiveness for them, right? Mine doesn't seem to go very far, but yours, give me your forgiveness. It'll be an overflow of the forgiveness that you have for me. And this is important because it says if, if 
we forgive others for their transgression, that means our Heavenly Father will forgive us. If you don't forgive others, then your Heavenly Father will not forgive you. That's, that's pretty powerful. And I think it's more symptomatic of what's going on inside. If I've truly experienced God's forgiveness, if I truly understand the mercy He has for me and how He would extend that to somebody, then it, it, it moves from an overflow. Okay, but we should be forgiving others, getting rid of that stuff. Finally, I want to just mention one more thing about spiritual rest. Closeness. Closeness needs to be cultivated, okay? And I'm talking about an intimacy, a communion with God. Uh, Psalm 16, it says, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forever. Now, when's the last time you heard in our culture, hey, you ought to check out the Christian faith because you're going to have more pleasure in cultivating this intimacy with God than you can get by running here and buying this and partying. And When's the last time you heard that message, folks, about the pleasure that we have in an intimacy with God? Who created pleasure? Ever thought about that? You think, the, you think the, you know, Satan did, right? The way it's, it's promoted? No. Satan's a copy of cat. He didn't create anything. He corrupts the pleasure that God wants to give us, you know? So don't, don't be fooled by that. Go deeper, cultivate that relationship with God. To me, it's one of the greatest benefits of the Christian faith is communion. I mean, really ponder that. Communing with our creator is phenomenal. Where else can you do that than with God? Uh, so take advantage, you know, Gateway's a great church. And take advantage of all, you have so many different ministries to help cultivate your spiritual growth and to deal with the issues of life. Don't uh, don't be passive. You know, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, which Randy quoted earlier, uh, not to copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and perfect. It's not easy to change the way we think. Our, our neural pathways and all that stuff are almost like pathways in, you know, when you keep walking in the lawn, you wear a path. That's kind of how our brain works. We got to get off those paths and create new ones. We have to think a different way if we want to have different results. And putting God's word on our brain, I think, is one of the best ways to do that. You know, as the, the seasons change from, you know, summer to fall, then winter, and then springtime again, you know, you, you see the, the trees change. You see the leaves go brown and fall off, and then the winds and rain and shaking around. But you know, some of those leaves still hang on, don't they? After all that, you see a few leaves still hanging on. How do those last leaves fall off that tree? Springtime, right? New leaves start coming out, and what do they do? Any of those, le those left out, leftover leaves get pushed away by the new life, the new leaves, you know, new leaves coming out. And that's like our faith in God. As we experience his life, as the Holy Spirit produces the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, his life, some of that old junk just falls away. And after it falls away, you say, man, why, why did they even... Why was I even attracted to that to begin with? We start to see it for what it is. Scripture says, in his light, we see light. We start doing it his way, and our lights, you know, it, lights go on, you know? We start seeing things as they are, not as we thought them to be. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. As I walk in it, he illumines more of life, more of a ways. And the healthier we get, the health, you know, I, what I found out, the healthier I become, I get attracted to healthy people. I get tired of some of these dysfunctional and painful relationships. I go, why am I, 
why do I have this relationship? And I'm thinking some kind of emotional baggage left over. I said, you know what? I think I'm ready to, you know, I'll, I'll love you, but, you know, we're going to spend less time together, <laughs> okay? I mean, you, you want to live a life that's freed up. It's good. It's all good. There's no reason not to, to participate. Well, with that said, we're going to wrap it up here really quick. Um, God doesn't call us to be puppets in our spiritual growth. We are to be participants. And uh, so many things here at Gateway provide that opportunity. After every service, we have prayer partners down here to, to listen to you, help bear your burden, pray with you. We have the promised prayer cards, uh, you know, topically arranged. You can take one of those and, you know, or, or several of them and, and use it for the week and pray through them and find God's grace. We have Celebrate Recovery meets Monday evenings down at the Life Center. Uh, for those of you that are grieving and the loss of a loved one, we have a grief share. Our new session of grief share is kicking off on February 3rd, Tuesday night, around the corner in room B22, although otherwise known as Sam's Room. A lot of you know, know where that is. That's kicking off February 3rd. Just, just come on out. You don't even have to sign up. Uh, we have a life-to-life -life ministry. You realize that we have people trained in Gateway Church to spend one-on-one -on -one time with you to help you get grounded in the truths of the Christian faith. I mean, folks, that is like one of the, the best opportunities, one of the greatest uh, offerings that this church has. If you haven't taken advantage of that, if you've never been discipled and grounded in the basics of the Christian faith and wonder why you're struggling, that probably is why. You, never, you don't have that foundation to build upon. Remember Jesus talked, if we build upon sand, it's unsteady. We've got to have a firm foundation, right? Then we got uh, men's groups, women's groups, journey groups, women, truth, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we, we got a baptism taking place today at 5 o'clock. How many of you? Praise the Lord. I'm going to be here, you know. Is that, is that nice of me to be here? No, it's not really. It's my job. Then Randy will probably, you know, give me a nasty note if I don't show up. So I, get, I have an incentive to show tonight. But I also, it's a thrill to see people who are stepping out in faith and identifying themselves with Jesus Christ, taking his yoke upon them, identifying, I'm going to start living life God's way. I'm proud of Jesus rather than ashamed of him. And I want others to know. That's a step of faith. It's also a commandment. If you've never done that, if you're on that, well, you need to go down to the Life Center after this class, okay? It's probably going to be a short one because we run a little long here. But uh, get down there and find out about baptism. You don't, there's no obligation. Find out about it. Pray about it. See if this is the chance for time for you to step out. We've, we're still in the first month of a new year. Do something, folks. <laughs> do something, right? Time to do something. Take advantage of that. And you heard about the transformed. And take, take out what a great opportunity, if there ever was one. So if you haven't signed up already or started a group, you're going you're gonna to want to do that. How about we pray and, and we'll wrap it up. Father God, once again, thanks for this time together. And Lord, thank you that we don't have to be stuck in the quagmire that life presents us and the, the hassles of, of the human experience that sometimes are overwhelming, Lord. We thank you that uh, you've given us a savior. You've given us truth. You've given us one another. You've called us to be a caring, compassionate community and drawn us closer to you, closer to one another. Thanks for Gary's testimony. Thank you for his, his, his statement that as he and Mel have drawn closer to you, they, they've drawn closer to each other, Lord. And may that be the case for all of us in our marriages and families and our, our, our church experience. Lord God, we love you, Lord. We're thankful. We've got so much to be grateful for. Please, by your spirit, help us, Lord. Help us to apply uh, which, you, which you have revealed. And we pray in Jesus' name, may it be so. Amen. Y'all have a great week. Hope to see you soon. 
learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.